Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. Hey, welcome. So glad you're here. Alexandria talked about tithes and offerings and gifts. We welcome. We welcome generous hearts expressed in the form of giving. If you would like to do that, you can text 84321 and just designate an amount. You can go to our website, joychurch.life. There's a give button there. There are boxes on that back table and in the foyer. And we're going to start resuming offering appeals in a couple weeks probably within March. But please, we welcome your gifts and we're so grateful that you, uh, the Lord leads you to support the church and um, you follow him. Thank you. The uh, only real announcement I want to emphasize today is coming up two Wednesdays or so from now. Yeah, that'd be right. Dr. Tommy Greiner will be here in this room starting at 6.30. He'll be guest teaching our insurgents class. That'll we'll, we'll, by, by that point, we'll be 16 weeks into it and... Um, just because you haven't attended before or you haven't been able to attend very much, you may not even have a book, you can still come and you're warmly invited. I really encourage you to come meet our friend Tommy and Tom. And um, I think it's going to be a very, very special evening with Dr. Tommy. So please plan to attend. We will have child care available. 6.30 right here, Wednesday the 22nd. It's going to be a big deal. We'll probably put a Facebook event up there and everything. Um, last fall, we began to talk about what we really felt like the Lord was up to for 2023, what kind of a year it was going to be, what we needed to be just aware of, what might be happening in the culture, in the world around us, government, all of the different sectors, whether it's government, business, education, arts and entertainment, and so forth. We really kind of began to get a feel for what kind of a year it was going to be. I encourage you to go out to our website, joychurch.life, and listen to the January messages. I won't repeat them today because it's right there available, and I think we've put them into the atmosphere and into people sufficiently for now. We came up with, I don't think it was on our own, three words that really are our guide words, watch words, our handrails and our guardrails for 2023 as a tribe chasing after Jesus, as a faith community. Those words were follow, pray, speak. And so we've been doing a series on, because it occurred to us one day, hey, we talk about following Christ, becoming a follower of Christ, the separated person unto him among a, a people that are just chasing after him with everything they have, called his church, his body. We talk about that in concept a lot. We tell people and encourage people to do it, but do we ever teach them how? We have these classes that are called discipleship classes and so forth, but you know what? Those Nothing wrong with them. They do tend to be academic or intellectual. They talk knowledge, skills, tools, right? Agreed? Yes? yes? Oh, thank you. 
isn't there likely more to that? And so what we've been trying to do this year is, so far, throughout, I don't know, the last, this is the third, no, this is the second week of diving deeper, getting a deeper revelation of Jesus the Christ. Why? Why, 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 why? Well, there's a bond that develops there. Um, you know, sometimes I, I'm, I get to play the keyboard or the electric bass or some other instrument, and sometimes, rarely, I get to be among of other among others who are playing instruments and singing, and suddenly something kind of happens where we just all know where it's headed next. We just all know if they're going to do a key modulation, meaning they're going to change the key, the tempo's going to change, or the chord structure's going to change, or the dynamics of it are going to go up and down. And a lot of times, it's just jamming. And I'll just be straight up with you. Sometimes it happens fairly frequently when Kevin and I are not thinking about a thing and there's nothing that we're rehearsing and it's that few minutes after worship rehearsal and before shift starts in the mornings and we just stand here and then the next thing you know, we kind of just know what each other, we just know, right? It just sort of happens. Because there's, I don't know, there's just a, a, a connection that occurs subliminally, in other words, beyond human knowledge. Does anybody ever know of anyone, maybe yourself, who had a sister, a brother, a best friend, a twin? You could complete each other's sentences. Yeah, you knew what each other was probably going to wear to school that morning without asking. Yeah, yeah something like that. Sure, yeah, maybe even a mother-daughter, that happens sometimes. Um, I'm looking over at a certain set of sisters. I don't know what they were up to, but I can just imagine. Anyway, that's my whole point. Is how do you know that? How do, how do people, it goes beyond just familiarity, doesn't it? Where we can complete each other's sentences. Where you just know you should reach out to that person. Or you just know you need to run something by their house, or right? Can anybody relate to that? So, so I'm going to go there, but there's 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 actually a much deeper level of that. But that's kind of the feel for this morning, and this is going to be somewhat experimental. The message and the worship time, that like I say, the the lead worshipers will be up here a couple more times this morning. Because this morning is going to be much more about activation than it is about teaching and learning new things. Why? Well, because, because, the importance, because of the importance of this message. The title is follow, which is a verb. And part two is partner. A deep, deep partner. Now, when Sherry and I still lived in Montana, we had some friends, pretty good friends. Uh, the, the guy, the husband, was somebody that I had known all of my life, gone all through school with. We ended up being very involved uh, as coaches and leaders of ski schools and so forth in, in ski instruction and helping operate ski areas. We became very, very close, our two wives. <clears throat> were friends for a long time, still are. And um, my high school classmate, when all of us were doing all these other things, he decided he, decided he was going to start a guiding and outfitting business. And we all thought, 
Yeah, that's because he can't do anything else. And he's crazy. Because, you know, he didn't necessarily color between the lines or follow the rules. Well, it turned out to be a very successful guiding and outfitting, year-round guiding and outfitting business. Hunting, bow hunting, running whitewater, fishing, fly fishing, snow machines, snowmobiling, uh, mountain biking. And not all that long ago, our friends sold that business and are now retired. And uh, so I got, you know, where I grew up, guiding and outfitting is is uh, really a, still today a very big business because in my home area, all the lots of trophy, wild, you know, big game people come from all over the world to hunt around our home area. And um, why? Well, first of all, Montana state law requires that if you're an out-of-state hunter, you can't come your first time that you don't hire a guide, an outfitter, a guide who works for an outfitter. Why? Well, because we get to make a lot of money off of it as a state. Secondly, because the, the uh, outfitters lobby are pretty effective and they, they make good money. But also uh, because it's extraordinarily helpful. Why do we need guide? And uh, if I'm an out-of-state hunter, I just looked up the pricing today from that same business. And if you want to go, if you want a one-week hunt for elk, bear, um, yeah, lion, sheep, goat, they're all $6,900 per person for one week. That's the current price level. If you want a mule deer, a white-tailed deer, something else, it's 5700 And if you want to go hunting for a pronghorn, an antelope, it's 4700 for a four-day hunt, those kinds of things. What? Why do you want to do that? Well, it's simple. Because, because they're experts. And they know that if, and they know that if you invest that much money, they had better deliver. Lock, stock, and barrel. You know what else they do? They have a deep knowledge of where the treasure is. And they can help you get there. You know what else they do? They transport you. They outfit you. They give you transportation. They feed you meals. They resource you completely. They'll give you coaching and tips on your hunting skills and on your weapons and all those kinds of things. Does that make sense? They will also protect you and give you tips. They'll also be alongside you. They'll also patch you up if you fall down and get a boo-boo, a big one or a little one. That makes sense? So when you really think of all these things combined, say, for instance, you could actually afford that kind of money, it might not be that bad a value. You forge a partnership with a really good outfitter and guide. How's that for an illustration? Does it make sense to you? In order to follow Jesus, you need a guide and an outfitter. In order to find all that treasure in that box, who is a person, and get all those resources and all those skills and everything that, that your good God wants to give you, you might need a partner. So let's talk about this partner today. Next slide, please. I am not going to spend <clears throat> excuse me, much time teaching at all. 
The reason I'm not is because we've done it so much. <laughs> teaching on the Holy Spirit for 13 years now, 12, and a lot right here in this church for eight and a half. And just last June, we did a two-message series that really went into it very well, the Holy Spirit on and the Holy Spirit in. It's still out there on the website. You can easily go find it, joychurch.life. There's, you can also find the podcasts of it. But let's quickly look at, according to the Bible, please read what's on the screen. Here are the roles and the goodness of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit on. Power for purposes of God. Romans 12, 6 through 8. Prophesying, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, giving public tongues, and interpreting public tongues. 1 Corinthians 12.28 Apostolic, prophetic, teaching, miracles, kinds of healings, helping, administrating, and kinds of tongues. Again, today's time will focus on activating. But this is just to center your mind on, well, okay, there's this Holy Spirit. Who is he? What's his job? We good? Have you read the slide? Yes? Can I see hands? Thank you. Next slide, please. Now, that's the Holy Spirit on. Those are his gifts. But what about <laughs> what about the, the inward manifestation of the Holy Spirit? What about the inward presence of the Holy Spirit? Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come on, and, and then he promised it would come in. And about 50 days later, 53 to be precise, it happened. It came in. He came into us at Pentecost. Why is this important? Well, it's on your slide. That's a very fast review. Let me make it, let me give you another commercial. Please, it's so simple. Go to joychurch.life. Click on the messages tab. Thumb through a few pages till you get to the June 22. Listen to those two messages. It really won't take you very long, and I think you'll be very happy that you did. Even if you were present those days in church, it's great review. They weren't half bad. After today, if you want to come to know more about the Holy Spirit, or if you want to dive more deeply into all of those roles and responsibilities and just do a deeper study of the Holy Spirit, those, there's a, on this slide, there, the next slide, I'm sorry. There are three books shown there. The first one is a very simple book that Benny Hinn wrote years ago called Good Morning Holy Spirit. I read that book years ago. I, I'm kind of a deep studier. I really, I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I really dig up all the theology and stuff. And when I read Benny's book, it probably helped me more than any other with Holy Spirit. It's extraordinarily easy to read. It's a very simple read. It's short. So I highly encourage you. It's still out there. I checked on Amazon. Uh, Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Here's what the old version looks like. They've probably updated the cover by now. I'm going to put it on those chairs right over there because if you want to just thumb through it and take a peek at it, it's uh, it's available. 
Now, I couldn't find my copy of Robert Morris's The God I Never Knew. So I don't have that. I probably gave it away to somebody. It's out there on uh, Amazon. I did check on that. And other bookseller places. So it's kind of the next level. Pastor Robert goes into some detail on um, the, the title's perfect. He grew up in a, in a faith stream that that sort of believed that a lot of like a lot of faith streams do that the Holy Spirit was you know kind of a concept and not real active and you know wasn't all the things you know not charismatic not Pentecostal. But he, as he came to know Holy Spirit, it absolutely revolutionized his life because he began to realize. Not only was he a person, but he was a really great friend. And so it, it's a very first person, easy to read, but it's a little deeper study. Now, Dallas Willard, how many of you have ever heard of Dallas Willard? Okay, he, he was, uh, he died in 2013. He wrote a lot of books. He also was a deeply, widely respected uh, philosopher. Turned out he's also a theologian who uh, was in the California University system, actually headed the Department of Philosophy at either, I forget now, might have been UCLA. No, it was probably USC. Well, he wrote a book years and years ago called Hearing God. And this is a deep work. This is one that's a, that's a wonderful slog, <laughs> one that you probably want to read slow. So I encourage you to, um, let's see, Tim can maybe grab these and put those on the chairs. The reason I don't walk out there is because I'm, I don't remember whether my mic screeches or not <clears throat> in the mono, in the speakers. Why is this important? I've also listed calls to action there. I hope you'll take a picture of that. These are some tips. These are some ways that can really help you. There are the two messages. This morning, fairly early in the morning, I posted two supplements out on the JC Family Connection Facebook page. One of them is, I don't know, it's about four pages long, five, on the person of the Holy Spirit. And it, it's, it quotes scriptures. Who is he as a person? It just straight up introduces him and then gives you the Bible verses that show you that. Then I posted, I think it's about nine pages, 100 verses that more fully elaborate who he is, what he's like, and what his roles are. They're about there as PDFs. You can click on them, download them, study them over time, digest them. So you have resources now, and you have less excuses for not getting to know Holy Spirit as a person. You good with that? Yes? Yes. Awesome. The whole purpose. Why is there a Holy Spirit? You got three days? Because I could probably talk for three days. He's the third person of the Trinity. It's like, don't go there, John. Boil it down. Make it really fundamental. Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 3. Jesus is everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Quest 
for Christ. Becoming of him, becoming in him, becoming like him. Christ-likeness is a lifelong quest and opportunity that God made available to you and me. And when we do that, as we do that, we change. Our families change. Our workplaces change. Our city changes. Our region changes. Our nation changes. Yes, it starts with you and me. Principally, primarily, you can boil Holy Spirit's role when it comes to you and me down to one purpose. Reveal Jesus. That's what he does. He amplifies him. He illuminates him. He magnifies him. You can see him up close. You can find out what he's really like, what he really thinks of you, and what our role is in the earth. He's magnificent beyond description. I want to spend the rest of this morning, we have a little over 40 minutes left, in helping you help Holy Spirit activate, reveal, illuminate, magnify, amplify your awareness, your sense of Jesus. Y'all qualify. You ready for a little uh, adventure, a little risk-taking? All right. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up again and just sort of set the tone, just sort of set, transition us toward activation. And while they're setting up, let me just share this. You see, they, they, they never know what message I'm bringing, and I don't know what song set they're bringing. So when I looked it up in our scheduling system and I saw the five songs they were thinking about doing, I realized, oh my gosh, they're preaching my message. And it wasn't just coincidence or accident. This is the song that they're going to do next is one I hadn't thought of in so long, but it's one of my favorite, and Sherry's too, one of our favorite albums on the planet. So just... Please don't hesitate to leave church posture. Let your shoulders sag. Let your belly pooch out. Slouch in your chair. Forget there's anybody around you. And just partake of this. Whenever you're ready. Jesus. Jesus. Just say the name. Jesus. Jesus. He's beyond good. He's beyond good. Let's one more time review the Holy Spirit's principal role. He's to reveal Jesus and to eliminate and um, magnify and amplify and unveil. He is to activate Jesus. Here's why. Here's why we want to do this. Why do you want to chase Jesus? Why do you want to go after a deeper revelation of Jesus. What happens when you pursue a deeper revelation of Jesus? Well, guess what? <laughs> when you chase him, he catches you. Revelation always leads to captivation, which always leads to activation. 
You want righteousness, peace, and joy in your life? You want authority over evil? You want power over demonic spirits, situations, and all kinds of things? Yeah, it's there. Those are all outcomes, and they're wonderful. But the prize is Jesus. The prize is a deep, deep, deep relation, a revelationary, revolutionary relationship with Jesus. I just thought that was a pretty cool, so such a cool phrase, I'm going to say it again. Revelation always leads to captivation, which always leads to activation. Life changes. Things fall off. You get freedom. You become more free. You become more full. You know, on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, lots of things happened. I'm speaking now from John chapter 13 through 21, but I'm just going to take a couple excerpts out of it. They're in the upper room. It is the Last Supper. You're good. You kind of got the scene now. He has told him a lot of things. He's washed feet. He's been telling him stuff, and now he's going to tell him some pretty earth-shaking news, but he's going to make them a promise. So this is John chapter 14, and again, not long before he's betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. I, I know the print is probably a little small, but I'm going to invite you to please, as a let's all read this together, and we don't have to do it in unison, please. Just read at your own speed, not necessarily very loud. He's talking to his disciples. They're still in the upper room. Make sense? Ready? Read. This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside of you. I promise that I'll never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live again and you come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. It's very helpful to read these aloud, speaking it into your internal atmosphere and into this atmosphere and into others' atmospheres. That's why we do it. Thank you for speaking. So he kind of bridges away from talking, Jesus does, about Holy Spirit and stuff. And then he gets into the whole next chapter in the Bible, the way we've divided it, man. And he's talking about the Father is the vine dresser and all the stuff, right? Where I am the vine, you are the branches, and my Father's the vine dresser. Abide in me, live in me, make your dwelling place in me. Good stuff will happen. That's a very badly paraphrased <laughs> version of John chapter 15, which in my book is one of the most magnificent chapters in the Bible. So he, this is a 
soliloquy. He's only been talking for not very long, so this is just a few minutes later. They're still in the upper room. They haven't walked across the valley, the little valley to draw up onto the uh, Mount of Olives and into the garden. He's still talking. He hasn't prayed the high priestly prayer yet. Now we're in John 16. After having talked about, I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me, Father's the vine dresser, all that stuff, right? He then comes back to this, which we'll read together again. This is John chapter 16, verses 12 through 16. He's within, I'm guessing, I don't know, less than two hours of his betrayal. It would be what we would call Thursday night of Passion, the week of Passion. It's crucified on Friday. This is, I don't know, scientific wild guess. This is about 15 hours before he's crucified. Maybe 20. You got the picture? Okay, ready? Read. There is so much more I would like to say to you, but it is more than you can grasp at the moment. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. All the horrible stuff happens. A couple hours after it begins to happen, a couple hours after this. He's crucified the next day. Killed, buried, and then everything goes quiet. 72 hours after this, he resurrects. But nobody who's in that upper room knows that. They think all is lost. All hope is lost. They think that the absolute truth is that the devil has won. Hopeless. You with me? And then suddenly what happens on but Sunday? Right? He resurrects. And he shows himself first to a couple of the women and one of the disciples. But the guys in the upper room don't know this. And then in John chapter 20... <laughs> He walks in the room through the wall. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. There's some power in there, and that isn't there. And doesn't the Bible tell us that the same power that raised him from the dead resides within us? Isn't it that, Doesn't that mean it's potentially accessible? If it's there, can't we unearth it and maybe get to it and Use portions of it God thinks we can handle? Does that make sense? And isn't it completely founded in and fueled by love? And not judgment, condemnation, hate, separation, distance, power, violence. Instead, doesn't the entire world rotate on a different axis, axis now? Not one of power and violence, but one of love. And isn't it inside of us, theoretically? How about actually? And he walks through the wall. Then he, at one point he says, well, first thing he says is, don't be scared. Fear not, he says. And then a couple seconds later he says, he draws a deep breath, breathes on them, and says, receive 
the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes on from that point forward. And then 50 days later, well, 40 days later, he ascends into heaven. 10 days, they're stranded again, like, oh, no, where'd he go this time? But he made them a promise, which God fulfilled 10 days later at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on, tongues of fire, and it came in for the first time ever. They began to utter in new tongues and so forth. Could, could, could God possibly be really that real? I mean, is it possible that this is not fantasy, science fiction, great concept? What, is it possible that it's one thousand percent totally true? Yes, is the answer. I'm about to give you some instructions. Okay? You're going to try some things. You're going to do some experiments. And worse than that, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be inviting you to tell us what your experience was, what was revealed to you. We're going to be inviting you to actually say some things that Jesus showed you to some other people about them, from him. Little love gifts from Jesus to other people. It's not weird. It's normal. While you are doing these things, the team's going to come uh, back up here and provide you some background music so that you can commune with Holy Spirit. You can talk with Him and He with you while you're doing this. They're going to play a song that by coincidence, just pure accident, or maybe not, um, they selected for today, and it's a song called Fall Afresh. So, ready for your instructions? Listen close. Ready? Okay. Here's, we're going to do two activities. The first one is called the on activity, Holy Spirit on us. So, what I'm going to ask you to do is just simply, while music is playing, put Jesus frontmost in your mind. Just, if you have no other way of doing so, just say his name over and over again softly to yourself. Ask Holy Spirit, say, God, can I please have a word? Just just give me any, any old word or a short phrase. And whatever you hear, that's your word or your phrase. Here's what that could mean. After church, go into the Bible, look in the concordance, and see where that word is in the Bible. Maybe it's not. But what if it is? Or... Let's try this one. Ask God for a color. Any color. Just show me a color, God. Can you do that, you think? Fairly low-risk activity, right? Then, look around the room. Say something you're simply led to say about that. That color prompts you to say to a person who's wearing that color. Just look for that color in the room. Even if there's a little splotch of it, after church, walk up to them and say whatever you think you're supposed to say. Don't make it up on your own mind. Just bleh, just say it. Okay. How about some inactivities? I think we're going to work on those maybe next. So um, here's one. As the music is playing, again, put Jesus front most to the best of your ability, to your mind, foremost. And just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? 
and then be prepared to write that down and journal it. Okay? There are some extras over there on the table if you didn't bring your phone to write on. Or You good to go for exercise number one? Okay. I mean, I will leave the lights at least partly on so you can write if you need to. So, um, team, come on up. This song's, what, probably five minutes long? Maybe a little longer? Yeah, you can go long if you want. Okay. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. Speak to your people. Speak to your sons. Speak to your daughters. Speak to the children. Reveal Jesus in some new way. Show everybody Jesus in some new way. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall, fall afresh. I have some really good news for you. This is not school. This is not pass fail. It's not graded. Your Heavenly Father doesn't even weigh revelation or rate it. There's no rating system. He doesn't put it on a scale. Every single thing that the Spirit reveals is that whatever it was in you is as precious as it is for the next person. So there are two people in the room who have microphones and they're going to come around when you raise your hand. You don't get... Please just share what, if anything, happened when you asked Holy Spirit speak, or you asked for a color, did you get one, or you got a word, or did you get a word or a phrase, or anything. Those were just suggestions. What did you see, hear, taste, smell, just share it. Please, please, please. Who is bold enough and courageous enough to go first? Raise your hand. So last night um, at Seek, one of the videos had water, uh, the ocean flowing, and someone shared something about that. And what I got last night was, I felt the water. And then this morning, just now, um, I was asking God, and I got the water again, just washing over. I put us, but I think it's washing over me. To add to what uh, Debbie just said, what I was seeing was just this spring of water. It's just so, so, so clear and so deep. But it was bubbling. It was a bubbling spring. And the cool thing is the bubbles, the sound, was just so calming and so relaxing and so comforting. And that's that's what I see. That's what I feel. That's what I just keep experiencing over and over. Mine also has to do with water, but it's a little bit different. <laughs> um I don't know how many of you guys have, like, if you have a pool outside or you've gone to the pool or you've been on vacation and you've sat by the pool. And the kids are crazy, right, when there's a pool. They're excited and the lifeguards are constantly blowing the whistle, yelling, walk, walk. And most of the time, 
when a kid goes to get into a pool, even if it's just like one of those above ground pools at home and they have to climb up the straight ladder to, or the A-frame ladder to get into the pool, what do they, they don't like gradually go in one step down at a time, right? Like they are full in, they jump in, whether it's deep or shallow, they jump in and the picture and, and that I keep getting and I had it last night too was um, actually nothing to do with the kids jumping in the water, but how many times has it happened that you have happened to be standing next to a pool where that overzealous child <laughs> goes and they run and they jump in the pool and what happens? We get splashed, right? And how many of us are like, oh my gosh, you splashed me. What's going on? Well, you're at the pool, people. And I feel like um, what God was trying to say with that was he is ready for his church to be the church. So that when people who, who come in, who don't know his presence, who don't know his love, his goodness, his power, his authority, his holiness and his magnificence that they get splashed and they can go, what the heck? (laughs) And we just look at them and say, well, you're in church. (laughs) You're going to get splashed with healing. You're going to get splashed with breakthrough. You're going to get splashed with freedom. But in order for that to happen, we have to be those kids, those overzealous kids who are jumping in the deep end or the shallow end. But we jump into what God has for us. The point of this is not at all. The gifts themselves, the images, the thoughts, the words, the phrases, the colors, those are not the points. The point is how and in what way do they lead to Jesus and in what way is he greater revealed, magnified, unveiled? How does that help you know Jesus more deeply? How does that help you reveal Jesus more deeply? And here's the funny thing. Every single one of these things that these people came up with, I'm not saying names because this is being recorded, goes straight back to a scripture or a set of scriptures in the Bible. Every one of these is recorded in the Bible. So if you re- if you go read the Bible more closely, you can actually experience these things partnering with Holy Spirit because it shows the character and the nature of Jesus. And once he is revealed, he's too captivating to get very far from. The point of all of this, the treasure is not the outcomes. The treasure is him. Let's try one more and we'll go home. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit on. He, The Holy Spirit can come on anybody, anytime. <laughs> John Wynn. Alex was finishing speaking. I saw like a wrap or a sash, almost like it was tossed into the room. It was gold, mm. except not the gold that I know, the color gold. It was just annoying. It was because it was so different from the color gold that I know and I experience, but yet I know it was gold. But it wasn't the color of gold that I see through my eyes. Like, I, that's the best way to describe it, but it's like it was tossed in and across the room, and it was like a wrap or a sash that kind of just went flying through the room. Wow. So Holy Spirit, help each person in this room interpret what that means. What's Jesus showing you? 
through that. The Holy Spirit spoke on a lot of people. And sometimes those leadings that you get, you know, turn here in your car. Is the Holy Spirit on? It's external. Here's the thing. After Pentecost, the Holy Spirit can be within. Inward. The inward manifestation of Holy Spirit. That doesn't happen and can't happen unless and until we convert our lives, we give our hearts, we give our will, we, from our toenails to the best of our ability, pledge everything to the Lordship of Christ and let Him save us and redeem us. Let Him transport us from the kingdom of darkness darkness, and the kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And that requires an initial decision, a conversion. The second that happens, Holy Spirit comes in. His gifts are activated, manifested differently in different degrees over time, depending on your progress, depending on what God thinks you can handle, depending on situations, depending on how far along you are walk in your discipleship walk. But He comes in upon conversion. So if you haven't done that yet, and He's already inviting you, may I please ask you to convert your life to the good, good King and Lord, Jesus the Christ. Just tell Him that under your breath or out loud, however you want to do, I am yours. You are my Lord. Save me now. It's that simple. Immediately, you can then find bubbling up within yourself because He's in there now. The gifts of the Spirit, He's there. He's talking to you. He's showing you things. He's leading you. He's guiding you, just like those verses that we read said. So, in the short time we have left as the team continues to play, let's go seek after inward communication from Him who is inside you. What's that look like? What does it feel like? Well, it seldom comes out of your own head. It usually is more like that spring that was talked about. It bubbles up. It just bubbles up. It always, if it's from Him, it always comes with peace. It always comes with blessing. It always comes with, man, this is, this is okay. That's how you can, those are the main ways you can tell. Oftentimes, another way you can tell is you know that didn't come from you. First of all, in my case, John, you're just not that smart. You, you, really? I mean, you're cool all like that, but no, that's beyond your natural ability. Or it's just a little bit too wild. Surely that, what? No, really? So those are some good indications. So, you ready? Here are your instructions. Maybe you've uh, been kind of desiring your spiritual language, the ability to speak in tongues, and I think the Holy Spirit would love to reward that today. Remember that speaking in tongues is not only biblical and okay, <laughs> the whole key is, guess what the Bible says about it? It's to edify you. The gift of tongues is so that you can be edified. You can be built up. It's for your benefit. It doesn't qualify you 
for anything. It doesn't put a merit badge on your sash of any kind. It doesn't mean that makes you more eligible than other people who can't speak in tongues. It's not even for everybody, the Bible says. But those who do receive it, it edifies in a supernatural way. So you might ask the Holy Spirit to activate the gift of tongues. If you already have the gift of tongues, please feel free to ask Him to expand it, to grow it, to take it to new directions and new ways. He loves to do that. Or, maybe you, again, ask Him to bubble up within you a a picture, an image, a sight, a sound, a video clip, a color, a taste, a smell. Last night it was all about the aroma, certain aromas that many people smell supernaturally. And the whole point of this is to edify you and to bring Jesus more real into your life. So, let's go through the uh, song a little bit more, guys, and let's see what happens. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, demonstrate. Show. Holy Spirit, arise. Awaken. So, uh, when Dave was talking about the golden sash, I decided to look it up. And in Revelation 1.13, one like a son of man appeared to John of Compatimus. And the beloved disciple noticed he wore a golden sash. The sash for Jesus, Jesus was never unprepared while on earth, but always stood ready for service. And now, before the eternal throne, he continues his ministry as our great high priest. It is good for us that he has not ceased to fulfill his offices of love, since it is one of our choicest safeguards that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is never lazy. His garments are never loose, as though his offices are ended. He diligently carries on the cause of his people, a golden sash to declare the superiority of his service, the royalty of his person, the dignity of his state, the glory of his reward. He no longer cries out of the dust, but he pleads with authority. A king as well as a priest, our cause is safe. Enough in the hands of our enthroned Redeemer. Okay, so we've been at this a while, my wife and me. So what kind of a church guy stands up here and does something this crazy? I mean, really. It's because 2023 is what it is. It's because God is so eager, willing, ready to bless those who will truly follow Him, who will leave everything else for him who will earnestly turn their heart toward becoming a true follower of Jesus to separate unto him he has so much for his church and you know what he's more tired than you are of how culture is of how your life is of how society is how government is he, he's, 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 he's more concerned sad, distressed ready for things to change than you are. And he needs us to help him do that. And how we do that is we become more Christ-like. Does that statement make sense? 
So here's the perfect example. How many of you thought what this gentleman over here, whose name I'm not saying, talked about a golden sash flying through the room? That's a little... Right? But it was a pretty clear image. Any, anybody, everybody have no trouble seeing that? Kind of? It's pretty clear. And then there's a biblical interpretation that totally revealed Jesus. Whatever you got that you didn't share, it's no different. And if you didn't get something, you will later. You will. He's that faithful. The morning started with worship songs that, and a kind of a tone that said, look, um, things can be the message really was starting out to be go, just go he's with you, he will not leave you, he will not forsake you he is with you and he is with you as you go through it the book of Revelation also talks about it says that it says that, the, that God will open doors that no man can shut and it will he will close doors that no man can then reopen or open. It says that right in there. But you know what? Over here, you got the doors that he's busy opening that no man can shut. And over here, you got the doors that he's closing and no man can open. Well, there's a hallway between the two. <laughs> and that can be hell. That can be rough. When we know Holy Spirit, when we activate Him inside, we know that we know that we know that we know He is walking shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip, arm in arm, hand to hand, through it. All the while revealing the goodness of God and the glory of God. May I please invite and encourage you to continue this. Remember those action steps. Maybe I'll, we'll, when this recording goes up, the slides will be up there too. You can see them. You can go revisit them. Please, please accept God's invitation for the rest of 2023 to become a follower to a deeper degree, to get to know your partner your guide, your outfitter, Holy Spirit, better. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Father, we hope this blessed you, and I pray that you bless everyone in this room mightily. Amen. Thanks for coming today. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m., held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.